Welcome to the very first episode of The Book People, where I interview people whose lives and careers revolve around books. I'm your host Aishwarya, and today we are going to be talking about commissioning. Commissioning is something that has always excited me because it was the first thing that got me interested in publishing. You know the power that editors hold when they can look at an idea or look at a book proposal and say, you know what, this will make a great book, or when they can say that this book will be a bestseller. and that's something i have always wanted to do myself and it's also so glamorous right imagine going to book tours and taking celeb authors out for lunches and going to literary festivals so today i have with me sayantan ghosh he's an editor who has spent the last 7 years creating the most interesting and diverse list from prayag akbar's leela to priya sagal's the contenders He has commissioned and published books that span every genre in fiction and non-fiction. So today he really breaks down the publishing process and he offers some very very sensible advice for people who want to get published and for people who are trying to break into the industry. So let's tune in. Hi Sayantan, welcome to the book people. Hi, hi Aishwarya. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So Sayantan, I really want to know is commissioning really as glamorous as it seems? you know what exactly does it include a lot really relies upon uh, the sensibilities and judgments of a commissioning editor uh, because uh, no matter how many submissions we receive which is tons um, every day there are people who are sending in manuscripts um, both agents as well as unsolicited uh, uh, the new uh, phenomenon is i get manuscripts on twitter now uh, you do like, yes Uh, on my other inbox i have full manuscripts <laughs> i understand also that there is a need and a and a desire to write because uh, over the past perhaps a decade uh, indian writing in english has become sort of glamorous thanks to the literary festivals and you know you know media coverage and everything else yeah. um, but the but the job itself isn't isn't glamorous per se it's 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 as dry as it gets you sit on a desk you open a manuscript you have no idea uh, most of the times you have no idea who uh, the person behind uh, you know the document is yeah. and and you start reading and you 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 have to uh, rely entirely upon your own instincts uh, to decide whether or not to take that manuscript forward of course there are other decisions Uh, that the that the management takes that the company takes uh, every publishing house works with a certain kind of um, a, a, a short term and a long term goal uh, yeah. so depending upon the publishing plan a lot changes the kind of books that a publishing house wants to do uh, especially at simon and schuster because we have such a such a small list we we publish not more than 20 books a year uh, last year not even that of course uh, so so the 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 job to select the right titles becomes even harder uh so i get it when people say that why are a few people the gatekeepers of this industry uh but i don't know what the solution is what i try to do uh is read as much as possible everything that comes my way unless it sounds absolutely ridiculous which is also the case sometimes uh i do read the manuscript and then you know discuss it with the other editors in our publishing house and and you know or even with friends sometimes just to get an idea of what they think of the idea because sometimes what happens after working in publishing for all these years uh you you tend to look at manuscripts a certain way you're not a general reader anymore unfortunately um which is a problem yeah. i face when i'm i'm reading for pleasure as well because i'm when i'm reading for pleasure i'm looking for things in it which i shouldn't be 
I should just enjoy a book, which becomes harder. Um, so yeah, uh, glamorous perhaps from the outside, but it's it's just sitting at a desk and reading. Okay, I'm so amused by your answer because you just answered like five questions in one go. <laughs> I was gonna ask next, <laughs> and I was sort of ticking them off in my mind because I'm like, oh, this question, okay, this question done. What do I ask now? But no, I think it's great because I do know that you know there's a lot of this conversation about gatekeeping, which is definitely true. But yeah. I want to. I think the thing that I want to know, or the thing that I feel like people don't know much about, is sort of mm-hmm. what even commissioning is. You know, what is exactly mm-hmm. the process from yeah. say when you get a manuscript in your inbox yeah. uh, or Twitter. <laughs> to <laughs> sort of reading it to that final step where you sign an author. In, uh, and you know when the author sort of signs the contract, like how does that work? Uh, mm-hmm. So the, it it really is there is no one answer to this question to be to be to be honest, because there are uh, uh, multiple layers to it. Sometimes it's the agent sending us a manuscript. Uh, more often than not, it's an agent we have worked with in the past and we have a working experience with. So we'll pick up the phone, we'll uh, or we'll just reply to that email and ask what the deal is. You know, there's a formal email which comes in. And then we yeah. get a hang of what the manuscript is trying to talk about because sometimes it's not possible to read the entire manuscript because, like I said, there are tons and and you know it's impossible uh, for one person to read all all that comes their way. But I try to read as many as possible. So so that's one way of taking it forward. If I like the manuscript, I discuss it with the team, and then you know if uh, what we do here at least is that we uh, after having taken an editorial decision that this manuscript is uh, fit for our publishing house or fit for the kind of uh, list that we're trying to build for the next year. Uh, we discuss it with the sales and marketing team, of course, that how do we publicize a book like this? Because that's, that's uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is that's so important now. You, you know, at, I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know if people will tell you this, but at, at every publishing meeting or editorial meeting or whatever, uh, when a new manuscript comes in, one of the questions that that's raised uh, by marketing is uh, how many Twitter followers do they have? What's their Instagram following? Because without that, uh, a publishing house can push a book to a certain extent. But having said that, a publishing house has multiple titles they're pushing at the same time, whereas an author will only push their own book, which is important now, because especially at at an age of social media where everybody is a star, right? I mean, people who are, you know, you can can be cooking food at home and you can have thousands of uh, followers on your your account. And you can be a, a, a... sort of celebrity that way yeah uh, i mean anyone can become an influencer right absolutely, so I can, absolutely yeah so i can see why you know sort of that yeah. author credibility or even like yeah. sort of their social media platform becomes important it, you it, yeah. also end yeah. up looking at sort of trends or what yeah. uh, is doing yeah. really well you know yeah. in the market currently sort of what books have become bestsellers or what books have become absolutely have won absolutely. awards like are those also things that you consider before deciding absolutely. which absolutely of course to... of course i mean there are two two ways of looking at it one is you, you do some books uh knowing that perhaps they won't do the kind of numbers that you would want a book to do but it's an important right. book that should be out there it's an important book that uh will not only add prestige to your list perhaps uh, earn you an award nomination awards are are, are a little secondary but at least earn good reviews from the from the reviewers and the critics and, 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 and add some value to your list. And some books you have to, of course, do, which you know perhaps won't get the best of reviews. Perhaps the critics are not going to lo- love it as much. 
uh, but they'll do you the numbers and you have to maintain a balance because otherwise uh, i mean how all said and done there's no no romanticizing it it's a business we are running yeah not even we it's it's a business these corporates are running <laughs> we're just <laughs> we're just some cogs in the that that we <laughs> yeah you're just cogs in the wheel but yeah. actually that is a question that i had about maintaining that balance because yeah. you know like you said um it's about maintaining the balance between sort of books that you know will be successful versus books that yeah. might not be that successful but it could also be the balance of say um making sure you're publishing books across different genres you know like a balance of fiction of books and non-fiction yes. books or yes. new authors and established mm-hmm. authors so yes. how do you as an editor sort of keep that balance for yourself like how do you build your list uh over the past few years what we are, what uh, the whole industry has noticed is that non-fiction sells much better uh and a lot more many writers have come out with their uh, with with ideas uh with uh, more uh, for the lack of a better word more uh, uh innovative ideas of of non fiction uh than with fiction the inventiveness with fiction uh we see gets limited sometimes because what happens with fiction is because fiction has uh, some some amount of uh, fame associated with it instant fame so what happens is but the moment one book becomes a success there there are a bunch of others who are writing the same book in in you know uh, the same space yeah. just Definitely, trying to really it becomes hash. like a formula right it does it does i think if it works which, once that will work which, over but which doesn't work here. which literally yeah. never works i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean uh, we uh, simon and schuster india launched in um, in in 2017 with a book called lela by prayag akbar which yes. later on became a netflix show now that book became very successful because it was uh, It, it it was new when it came out you will be amazed to hear the number of similar manuscripts i received since then and the the irony is that you send it to the same publishing house who have published it already so you think that they have done it once so they'll do it again but the point is nobody wants to read the same book again you go to a bookstore you talk to uh, the industry people and they say fiction is dying it's not the case uh, fiction is very much alive uh, so i at least uh, as in my role try to maintain a healthy balance uh i can't publish as many literary fiction titles in a year that i would like to because i like reading them uh yeah. but it, if i publish two solid non fictions uh, fiction titles i'll ensure that i'll uh fight for a literary fiction title with uh, and it's a fight so sometimes you win the fight sometimes you lose the fight i've lost books i regretted i've i've i've, I've been able to acquire books that i've i've prized No I definitely understand because so um I did a publishing program in Canada and sort of when I was studying that one of the things that they kept drilling into us is that if and when you do work as an editor at a publishing house you yeah. like sales will be sort of the bane of your existence <laughs> because you have to keep convincing them right it's sort of you that do. back and forth and it's so yeah. you have to keep justifying why you want to publish certain books Absolutely. and why these books would work and yeah. sort of that back and forth is I mean super helpful for the publishing house but can be very frustrating as an editor because you just want to publish sort of the books that you love right i also think it's essential uh because uh, as an editor you are also limited by your uh, by your experiences you're yes. you're mostly working indoors you're working with publishers you're working with uh, authors you're working with other freelancers proofreaders designers this is a this is a group of people you usually work with uh you're not sitting with the retailer and the distributor i, I mean a couple of yeah. bookstores that i visit i i try to sit with them have a chat with them but it's impossible for me to visit bookstores all across the country right uh 
but these guys are doing that uh, and they know what's actually happening on the ground it's it's also trust building right uh, like we build trust with an author we build trust with uh, an agent uh, when an agent when a particular agent sends me a manuscript i know they're not going to send me something that i'll dislike because there is a there is a trust that builds over over a period of time of course not all uh, the the manuscripts that come in i'll be able to sign in sign up uh, but uh, similarly a trust building exercise has to be also built with uh, uh, done with uh, the sales guys and the marketing team as well because it's it's you cannot function independently it's not a it's not an independent uh, role uh, unlike a writer say where they can just sit at a desk and type uh, an yeah. editor can't do that you have to get all the information that's there sometimes you have to also understand where they are coming from and take your call accordingly sometimes i have let go of manuscripts authors i have been dying to work with um, but somehow are not a perfect fit for our list because our sales guys perhaps have not been as convinced uh, as uh, perhaps someone else would be so you know from what you're saying it sounds like so much of your role is like you said building relationships yeah. and managing relationships with different people yeah. you know and obviously editing so <laughs> what does a day a work day for you look like or you know a work week for you look like in terms of balancing these different roles that you're playing mm-hmm. so the 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 general work day would be uh, uh, you know if i'm going to office most of the time is spent there most of the days that i would be going going to office would be spent in meetings uh with the team sometimes authors would drop in sometimes an agent would drop in uh team meetings would keep happening there's a marketing meeting there's a sales meeting there a bunch of them uh otherwise uh in a week uh, you uh, you know you read you try to meet authors who you are interested in you know you try to uh, uh talk to as many people as possible it's it's really an open field uh because sometimes a book is born out of nothing just out of conversations uh um a book that i i just published is a book uh, on the bi- is it's the biography of um, uh, gurudat the 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 filmmaker uh mm-hmm. yasir usman who's is a prolific uh, bollywood biographer he wrote it uh that uh yasir and i have been talking about a book for years Uh, and he was writing for uh, other publishers at the same time other books and i have been reading them absolutely admiring them and enjoying them uh but there was no idea where we both met at the same uh, you know place uh we kept speaking uh, it wasn't that every time we met uh, or uh, you know spoke it was with the intention of coming up with an idea but we we kept the the thought in our head that uh, perhaps something would uh, eventually come out of it Uh, one day i'm at his house we are having a drink and we are listening to music and and, and gurudat's uh, songs come up and then we start discussing and that's how the idea was born that can we do something about it oh, this was two and a half years ago but that's just uh, how an idea is born sometimes of course a, a hell lot of work goes into producing that material which of course the in this case yasir and other authors do and i try to help them as much as, as possible sometimes the author would come up to you uh, with 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 a, with, a, with an idea and then you try uh, building a narrative around it sometimes it's just a one line idea but you try and build a narrative around it you, yeah. you know uh so it's a multi-layered uh, process really but, uh, a general work day you read you read as much as possible you talk to as many people as possible and not just when i say as many people i just i don't just mean people who have who are published authors uh you look out for people who have ideas 
but yeah. like so much of this is sort of just maintaining yeah. friendships you know absolutely. with interesting absolutely. people just forming absolutely. connections with people and not even sort of within the industry just literally absolutely. just interesting people just keeping a absolutely. lookout for you know people who are saying interesting things or doing interesting things and maybe someday you will do something with them and anybody with an was, idea yeah anyone with an idea exactly yeah. and you know i was just thinking about how everyone sort of says that editors are introverts and who are always reading and who are always sort of working in these solitary sort of individual spaces right yeah. and yeah. everything that you're doing is basically talking to people it's Which it is, actually think, goes against my my nature also because i'm 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 uh, <laughs> very uh uh i have a distaste for social gatherings so i <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, when it comes to work i don't mind it uh, personally uh, there my friends come keep complaining because it's it's not a balance i can maintain i like spending i mean some of that cliche it's, it's possibly true i like this job because i get to do it sitting at my home and i don't uh, need to you know go out too much uh, yeah. but interactions uh, around building uh, uh, books i always enjoy so so that's thankfully that works out because you're a commissioning editor i'm thinking about yeah. sort of book launches and yeah. literary yeah. festivals yeah. and events yeah. a, and all of these things that you <laughs> that you're doing i mean now it's the pandemic yeah. so this is all sort of but, but that's Zoom, a, that's but a, that's a part of the work that i do i know that in, in order to be are we always um, uh, signing up new authors at a literary festival no uh, but are, is it important to be there yes is it important to be there for your own authors who are speaking there yes yeah. are you going to contribute to that in any way no they they know what they're going to talk about you don't need to tell them anything they know uh, you possibly don't know have any idea what they're going to talk about but just the fact that you're on their team and you're sitting on the front row cheering for them or sitting yeah. and listening to them a familiar face in the audience always helps even with the biggest of authors i've seen that you know the, i don't know what it is but it's some sense of comfort and of course there is a, the, there is a comfort from the editors and as well that i was able to be there for for my author when when they were doing something important uh, yeah. it's also important to to be out there to like i said to be able to speak to a bunch of people who have ideas and i think it's also the difference between uh, any sort of public gathering versus a public gathering where right. you know what people are going to talk about like you know it's right. going to be about books there's sort of some yeah. um yeah. amount of yeah. structure or script involved around what yeah. you would what kind of conversations you would even yeah. have you know which yeah. i think absolutely absolutely nobody's going to ask me why i'm not married yet <laughs> true that's a belief right that's true yes yeah. i understand that yeah. so um how did you get into publishing in the first place mm. you know like uh, how did you decide to become an editor i i didn't have any plans to become an editor uh, i don't have a publishing or an english degree as well i studied economics uh, which became a problem i'll just keep it short which became a huge problem for me to enter the industry uh, uh, i hope things have changed a little bit now uh, when i meet young people now who are trying to get in and they don't have an english degree i try to encourage yeah. them because it's 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 important but it's not the only important thing uh i mean as long as you have uh, an understanding of the language it's fine uh, a degree often uh, more often than not doesn't really teach you much in india so um, <laughs> so i'm i'm going to as far as i on. have seen recently yeah. i think um, a lot of people who now enter publishing don't necessarily have an english degree they Absolutely. they'll have like history or political science which, sort of some degree around which is how it should arts. be 
which is how yeah. it should be. I mean, I was not in, even from the arts. I was from economics, but it's important. I, I have benefited so much from that. I can't tell you because there are so many books that we do on policies and other things where uh, other editors have zero understanding sometimes. And I do get <laughs> what they're trying to say because I've studied it. So it's important yeah. to have the right mix. But when I was trying to get in, this was end of 2012, uh, uh, 2013, early 2013 is when I uh, moved to Delhi and, and joined publishing. But when I tried applying to, uh, I applied to a bunch of places. I mean, it's the funniest, it's the funniest story because I have no idea how to go ahead. It was as idiotic as Googling the top 10 publishing houses in India and the worst 10 publishing houses in India. And there were a bunch, bunch of names which came <laughs> and I applied to as many as possible. I wrote a letter to as many as possible saying that, you know, this is where I'm coming from. Why I wanted to join publishing. It was a desire a, because reading has been a constant habit, uh, whatever I was doing before this, uh, I was not enjoying much, which had nothing to do with publishing. Simple things as proofreading marks. I had no understanding. I had no idea what they were, but uh, you know, I would go, I, I, one thing I, I, I have, I think is uh, the ability to not give up and shamelessness. I think these are very important <laughs> things. People are going to tell you, ask you to bugger off, but you don't bugger off. That's the thing. <laughs> you keep at it as long as it, as it takes, as, you know, you keep asking questions. Uh, that's one thing uh, that's very important. For me, I think the first time that I saw proofreading Max was when I was doing my internship at Zuban. Um, oh, wow. At Zuban. You worked at Zuban? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. I love their and office. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I know, it's, it's the prettiest lovely. office ever. Yeah. And absolutely. honestly, as someone who is from the English literature background, uh, you still, when you do an internship, you know nothing about publishing. Like when you yeah. enter that yeah. world, you realize that you are not prepared for it at all. And like a yeah. literature degree doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> like you're equally clueless when it comes to publishing so a lot of yeah. I think knowledge about how everything works is very yeah. much learned and it's very much sort of on the job absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's not something that you can really study so what makes a good story for you this is again a personal opinion as long as it yeah. doesn't bore me whether it's cinema whether it's music whether it's a painting uh, you know it, it, it should engage it should try to engage with me it shouldn't alienate me uh, yeah. By saying, by trying to, uh, you, no writer should try to be better than their reader. As someone who also loves uh, literary fiction a lot, mm. I think that's something with literary fiction as well, where just because it's literary, again, doesn't mean that it needs to have complicated language. You know, it can Absolutely. be yeah. sort of very like easy to read, very simple language, easy yeah. to understand and still be yeah. extremely complex and deal with sort of, complex yeah. themes and be sort of this thing that you have yeah. to unpack you receive so many submissions and i know mm -hmm. that you know when people send in manuscripts it's not just the manuscript right like they write sort of a book proposal mm -hmm. um, which sort of tells you what the story is about who the author mm -hmm. is so uh, what works or doesn't work for you in that proposal like what makes you feel like okay this is a good pitch and i want to read this book create a mystery out of what you're writing you know why you chose to write this and why you are right for this and what the book, what the material is about and keep it a page long. That's enough. If you can't, I mean, uh, uh, it, it, often in the West, they say that, you know, you, you, you need to have the elevator pitch for your book. You need to be able to uh, describe yeah. your book in, in a sense. It's tough. I understand. It's, 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 it's not easy to describe uh, something you have written, uh, you know, 50,000, 60,000 words in, in a sentence. I mean, it's great if you can. You can build a yeah. pitch out of it. 
you know, treat me as a reader. Don't treat me as an editor when you're sending me a manuscript or sending me a submission or a proposal, whatever. Yeah. Don't treat me as a friend who you're sort of just telling of course the not. I'm not story friend. to... <laughs> Friends yeah. are going to buy your book even if it's the shittiest book in the world. Why would you want to pitch it to a friend? Pitch it to someone who won't buy it. Yeah. And it's I think... Sell me this pen uh, trick in the interviews thing, right? We, yes. we used to have those interviews. Sell me this pen right now. <laughs> Tell me this cup of coffee or whatever. No, exactly. Because uh, we had to do these sort of elevator pitches uh, yeah. when I was doing my publishing course because we had yeah. to do this thing of, okay, sell, uh, pitch five book ideas to me. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like yeah. each, like pitch a book idea in 30 seconds, pitch a book idea yeah. in one minute. And in that one minute, you have to sort of not just tell you, okay, this is what the book is about, but also yeah. like why it would work, you know, or yeah. why it would work with a certain kind of audience. And I feel like yeah. those kind of things are always fun to do. I, I remember at, at Jaipur a couple of years back, I met Andrew Sean Greer, who won uh, the, the the Pulitzer for, for his novel called Less. Uh, and we had, a, we had a lovely chat. And... Um, and I asked him what worked for your book because uh, a, 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 he, according to him, a large part of the Western publishing circle wasn't very happy about the decision because this was the first time a comedy uh, was winning the Pulitzer. Uh, right. I mean, a comedy can win lesser awards, but Pulitzer they consider serious highbrow fiction, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a romantic comedy coming. <laughs> uh, and he said he had no idea. He was just writing his own life. I mean, he was he was taking elements from his own life and he was just writing a book because he had to write a book. That it, And the ironic thing, I asked him this, the ironic thing is the book that he wrote, If you have, you must pick that book up if you haven't read it. It's called Let's. I haven't yet. Uh, yeah. So it's about, he's a, a, a 50 year old uh, gay writer. The book is about a 50, 50 year old gay writer. And in the book, uh, the writer is mocked uh, at some point, I'm, I'm, I don't exactly remember because it was two and a half years ago, but at some point, someone makes fun of him that, do you think you're going to win the Pulitzer for writing this book? And he <laughs> won the Pulitzer for that book. So you you cannot, uh, you know, this, this is not a science that you can crack. It's not a code you can crack. Uh, but yeah, you cannot disengage as well. It's, it's impossible. You don't know sometimes. Mostly you don't know what you've written. You just have to try and, you know, when I'm writing blurbs for books that I publish, uh, more often than not, I have to produce, I have to tell the writer sometimes that uh, what this, this book is about because they have written it. Yeah. work, But it's impossible to you know, move away and look at it uh, from an aerial point of view, which an editor has to do. Yeah. And I think as an editor, uh, you're also able to sort of pinpoint what the most exciting or most interesting elements or the most unique elements of that book are, right? Which would make it interesting Absolutely. to readers. Absolutely. You have to Which create, sort of yeah. separates and, it from all the yeah. other books in that genre, yeah. for instance. Yeah. Sometimes you have to structurally edit the book uh, in, a, in a manner, especially with nonfiction, you have to do it, uh, where uh, you have something interesting going on, even if that breaks the chronology of, of the narrative, you have something interesting going on right at the beginning. Because if you haven't grabbed my attention, uh, in the first few pages, uh, I don't think I, I would invest in that book. You have to, I'm not saying it, it has to be earth shattering, uh, but you have to give me something in the first few pages so that I want to know what happens. Next. So it, it is impossible for any narrative to be at a peak constantly uh, throughout its, uh, its, its duration, but 
it's important to start at a, at a, at a place. I'm not saying you have to start at a peak. It doesn't have to be, you know, the murder doesn't have to happen on the first page. But it has to have something in the first few pages, which yeah. ensures that a reader who's, who read those first few pages are, is invested in it already. There has to be some amount of investment from the reader's perspective. How you do yeah. it, that's a writer's job. And an editor's job as well, how you, how you maneuver it. But the material has to be produced by the writer. Uh, but uh, to be honest, I do love when the murder begins on the first page. <laughs> I'd love it too. I'd love it. My, one of my favorite no- novels, the most disturbing thing I've read is Lullaby by um, uh, fairly recent. She won the Grand Prix Prize in, pra- in France. It was a Lela, Lela uh, Silmani. And in the first page of the book, a nanny murders two babies. Oh, wow. The babies supposed to look after. Little babies. Not even grown-ups. One is some three-year-old. The one is the other one is one-year-old or something. She yeah. murders them. That's what? shocking. That just happened. Yeah. And you can't then not read that book, right? Definitely. No, but I agree with. Um, I'm loving all the book recommendations, by the way. I mean, <laughs> this is, <laughs> is going to be everything I'm making a like a list here for myself for 2021. Uh, the books that I need to read. In turn, that Simon and Schuster Canada. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, part of the family is... now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, okay. I did this in yeah. uh, 2019. So right. just before the pandemic. And yeah. um, when I was doing that, so I was, uh, a lot of what I did was I was working with sort of the senior nonfiction editor, right. Justin Stoller. Right. And he would get a lot of these pitches from um, agents, you know, which are just sort of... Uh, which wouldn't have the entire nonfiction book, but would have the structure and would uh, yeah. have yeah. sort of uh, and like a couple of chapters and most of sort of how the book was going to be structured, how an the argument was going yeah. to be made because it's yeah. nonfiction. So you need to send yeah. that. And, yeah. you know, I would love spending so much time just sort of moving things around and being like this. It would work so much better if the structure yeah. was like this or if yeah. things were moved around like this. So I yeah. find, you know, even in sort of the world of editing, uh, I find yeah. structural editing really, really fun. <laughs> Yeah. So what is your um, favorite thing about being a commissioning editor? I mean, it's, it's, it's again, a, a, a cliched response because it's, it's, uh, you know, is it, the, the, sorry, it is because, you know, the fact that so many people are trusting you with their, their manuscript, their material, it's a huge um, privilege. Uh, but at a personal capacity, you're also exposed to just so much that you otherwise wouldn't be as a general reader. You, yes. uh, some of the books that I have, uh, some of the manuscripts that uh, I may have read in the past, which have interested me, may not even have become books later on. So, but I wanted to ask you about, you know, the pandemic. And um, I was reading, I think one of your scroll articles where you said that uh, getting up was like uh, getting up in the morning and becoming a giant dung beetle. Kafka's <laughs> 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 Metamorphosis. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. which I love that, by the way, just, I mean, I agree with that completely, but yeah. what has it been like, you know, beyond this, at this point, as an editor, as a reader, um, what has changed? Uh, not, not much actually, because now things have started opening up again. Yes. Last year, when it, when the lockdown happened and the first couple of months, everything was shut. It was tricky because nobody had any idea what's going to happen. Nobody all of us in the industry, uh, not just within the organization, but even our other editors that we are friends with or you know, acquainted with, we were asking yeah. each other, like, what is the future of this? Uh, and nobody had an idea. 
but you when you uh, i've written again in that i think in that same school article when you look at the history of you know uh, things that have happened when you look at the world wars when you look at other uh, epidemics which have happened in the world uh, they haven't really shut down the industry they haven't yes there has been a a, a temporary uh, like you were saying internet lag that kind of thing it's not in sync the number of books that we are trying to produce and the number of readers that are out there but yeah. uh, when I, I i live in south delhi and there is a bookstore right near, near my house and a very old bookstore called midland uh, when i went there right after the lockdown was lifted i went there and i asked them they had just uh, opened doors uh, and they were delivering books uh, to the to, to readers at their homes in delhi and across the country i believe um, so they said that the moment we opened doors there were a bunch of phone calls which started coming in they were promoting a little bit on their instagram but that was enough they said that sales yeah. is is not the same but did i expect this to happen so soon no so <clears throat> people won't stop reading because of a pandemic the distribution network suffered we were not able to channel uh, put the books out as we wanted to we were not able to publish the books that we had to you know shuffle the list around a little bit because the kind of books some of the ideas that i i, I keep saying this i have said this a couple of times before but uh you know you have you have to also understand the kind of books that you're publishing you are, if i published a travel book in the middle of 2020 that would be suicidal <laughs> so you have to understand yeah. what material is going to go out there uh, i was mostly looking for more hopeful material because uh i have read so many pandemic uh, submissions even before the pandemic is over about how the pandemic affected the world 20 years from now and things like those you know so so will it reshape the industry no it won't i don't think anything can uh bookstores did suffer i heard of a uh, some bookstores shutting down including a very big and old bookstore in bombay uh, called wayward and wise which was uh, yeah. terrible that it shut down but uh, uh but those are uh, setbacks that you have to take it take in your in your account and then move ahead because that's going to happen that's going to happen with every industry we can see in the cinema industry uh, how how it has affected the the theaters who are constantly yeah. i get messages every day as to how first you know uh, earlier in 2020 mid 2020 i was getting messages as to how when the theaters open you know you can book a seat which is safe now i get messages from pvr you won't believe it how to book the entire theater pay 50 lakhs and book the entire theater <laughs> so so they are really upping their game but every industry has suffered um, uh, as a result uh, but uh, eventually things will fall into place so what uh, kind of books do you think we will see more of in say 2021 or in the next sort of five years a lot of pandemic books pandemic romances i think are going to are going to <laughs> storm the market yeah. there's nothing wrong with it as long as there's, yeah. there's something as long as it's interesting like i said there's nothing wrong with it i am not going to publish to, like i said i have 20 books to publish in a year i'm not going to publish like a bunch of pandemic romances it has to be interesting it has to be something new but uh, uh i i hope people write about uh, uh you know i think what's necessary right now is also as much as it's necessary to document uh, uh this uh, this tremendous year that we've all had and uh, we none of us even my my parents generation they haven't seen something like this in their whole life so it's yeah. important to doc- document that from from various perspectives uh, uh both in in the fiction and non fiction space but i also think Uh, a bit of nostalgia won't be bad right now to look back at what uh, used to be what we still could have of course there is a there's a huge uh, influx of writing about uh, how how the future uh, is going to going to look with you know up until now it was a future with uh, uh, 
AI and androids and technology yeah sorry taking over now it's another element added to it the pandemic and other such things and and uh, uh biological uh, diversions that this that the that the world will uh, have to un- go through but uh, yeah. but uh, i i think looking back won't be a bad idea right now especially in fiction uh, uh the kind of world uh, that we lived in to to remember more importantly than anything else uh that uh what a pre-pandemic world felt like yes and and that that we can that that we have to rebuild it you know it, it just because there uh, we we have faced a storm but uh, our ship capsized but do we drown or we do yeah. do we rebuild the ship that's 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 the important thing i mean i i am uh, as a person i'm a pessimist there is no denying it so uh, if you ask me as a as a person i would say the most hopeless things that can ever be my my mother often hangs up on me because i say hopeless things about the future um, <laughs> but as as a, as a reader and as an editor i would want to see more hopeful things because the world needs it the world needs a little bit of optimism right now where do you see publishing headed in the next 5 years and i also mean in terms of you know simon and schuster india because now mm. there's this merger yeah. already there are like only four five big publishing <laughs> multinational yeah. companies and now yeah. penguin random house and simon and schuster are merging so i don't know what does the future look like penguin house that's in yeah no uh i i uh the as far as the merger is concerned i really have no idea uh i don't think uh, there 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 has been uh, too much information about it yet i know the i mean like everyone else we know that uh, uh the sale has happened um i know a little more than that but i i'm not allowed to share it uh, but uh, uh as far as publishing is concerned i know what you mean it's 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 a few large houses uh, and and it's um is it ideal perhaps not um there should be more players there should be more but i think the uh independent publishing houses are 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 coming up are are doing better work rather and uh, you know i'm working here today so i can only talk about uh, where i come where yeah. i am uh, as a part of a larger publishing house or a larger you know conglomerate uh what uh, we should be doing is encouraging uh independent publishing houses to to produce better to uh not cut into their space uh to help bookstores to 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 interact with and help bookstores as much more than we are doing uh yes. like we uh, at Simon and Schuster last year we took a decision and you, you of course know of Yoda Press uh Uh, which does some exquisite work uh, an independent publishing house in delhi so we have yeah. now uh, started a a a an imprint which is which is a, a you know a combination of both we are we are yeah oh. yeah we've launched our first book translation of a novel by shivani um, the great writer uh, who's no more uh, it's a translation it's the first time a book of hers has been translated into english uh, and and we publish it together so uh, can we publish a book better than an independent publishing house certainly not i don't think so uh, most independent publishing houses like yoda itself are capable of doing that themselves the distribution network is where bigger publishing houses come in so uh, does it help the book in 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 a way that it reaches out to more people certainly it does but 5 years from now i have no idea i hope publishing is alive and uh, you know 
<laughs> and uh, it will be. Hope publishing is alive. That doesn't sound. Be, no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> I hope more smaller publishers come up. That's a hope I have. More independent writing comes up, uh, and 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 uh, you know, it's it's part of the mainstream market because, like I said, a large number of times. Uh, uh, what smaller publishing houses or independent houses publish it's not even visible there is no visibility there's not they're not available yeah. in, bookstore, in the bookstores or you don't see them on the, on the internet that's where the might some of the might can go into uh, i don't know how exactly you do it but like i said this association with yoda press is a step forward i think uh, and yeah. I, we hope to continue. we have some very exciting books uh, you know uh, lined up in in the next one year that we are going to be publishing with them. Um, uh, so, so, so I hope this is a, a pattern that is followed in the future as well, where, uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's ultimately an industry. It's, 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 it has to survive on its whole. It, it can't yeah. survive independently like we editors can't survive independently. A, a large publishing house on its own can't survive independently. It has to uh, work together. It's a, it's a, it's a team. It's 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 like cricket. Yeah. You can't just you can't have one player scoring a hundred and then everyone else scoring zero and expecting you to win the match. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's that's really great. Okay, so I have um, sort of a very very short rapid fire round. What genres other than literary fiction do you like to read for pleasure? Mm, crime. Uh, history but non-fiction narrative history uh, that's also a, a fairly recent phenomenon over the past maybe five years um, a true crime I enjoy true crime oh nice I enjoy true crime I mean I haven't tried reading true crime books but I enjoy watching true crime shows well, I'm totally addicted to it I think Netflix <laughs> I have the account because every week they, they, <laughs> they have a show on a serial killer who existed and I'm, I'm all hooked <laughs> Yeah. Okay. A book that you wish you had commissioned. Uh, the uh, Manu Pillai's uh, uh, book uh, called The Ivory Throne, uh, which is, which is, uh, uh, I think, a terrific, terrific. I mean, Manu is a terrific writer, but uh, that's a book I, I wish I had found. Okay. If not publishing, what career would you choose? Uh, no other career would choose me, so it's not a choice. If 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 not publishing, uh, I would be broke. That's that'll be my career. I I came to publishing because I was bad at everything else. It's the truth. Okay, that's fair. I think on that note, on that very positive and <laughs> <laughs> optimistic note, <laughs> I think we can end the interview. So thank you so Great. much, Santan, for coming here and talking to me about books and publishing and everything that you've done so it was a far. Pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. So that was Sayantan Ghosh talking about how commissioning is this active process where you constantly look for new ideas and interesting people. He also says that publishing is like cricket, an analogy which is completely foreign to me, but it makes sense because you really have to work as a team and come together to get a book published. So this series is brought to you by Bound, a storytelling company that helps you tell your stories. You can find us at Bound India on social media and you should definitely check out the video version of this series on our YouTube channel, which is again at Bound India. 
If you want more detailed insights and predictions about the publishing industry, download our free research document, which is extremely comprehensive about the publishing industry. It's called Demystifying Indian Publishing, and the link for that is in the description below. Thank you for tuning in to the Book People. I'm Ashwarya, and I'll be back next week with another guest and a new question to discuss. Until then, keep reading.